Well, today uh, I want to turn to Hebrews 10.35. I had something specific on my heart to share this morning. Hebrews 10.35. Hebrews 10.35, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse, 34, verse 35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1 1 for a moment. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a confident expectation of something. When it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, that means faith is the undergirding or the foundation of things that you expect. It's the evidence or it's the confidence of things not seen. It's the confidence, faith is the confidence of things not seen. So when we read in, uh, in Hebrews 10.35, those, those verses in Hebrews 11.1 1 are just a few verses back from, 11, or from uh, Hebrews 10.35. Hebrews 10.35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence. Well, faith is confident expectation. Faith is confidence. So don't cast away your faith. Don't cast away your trust. Don't cast away your confident expectation because it has great reward. Verse 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. How many of you know we need to endure on this earth? This earth, life in this earth, is not what somebody would say a cakewalk. You know what a cakewalk is? Does everybody know what a cakewalk is? I didn't, I heard it, you know, I would use it, but I didn't know. They had, um, you know, at, at our, our children's school at different times um, and different things, you've, if you've ever seen one, but when I was, you know, early on, I, I don't know that I'd ever seen a cakewalk in, you know, my 20s and stuff. But they literally go around and walk in a circle, and whatever, when, the, when they stop the music or whatever, whatever place they're on, the cake or the pie or whatever, they get that. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You just walk around, and when it stops, you get to pick up whatever's there. So when we say life's not a cakewalk, it's not that. Well, you just get to go through, and there's music played or whatever, and then, oh, you get a dessert. <laughs> Would that describe anybody's life here? That's not life on the earth. We have challenges. We have uh, pressure. 
But that's just the way it is for everybody. The devil will tell you it's just you. And you have it so much worse than everybody. And I'm not making light of anything anybody's going through. But just knowing everybody's going through stuff. Right there, that truth can lighten the load. Number one, we need to just make sure we're not trying to carry the load and that we're making sure that we have it where it needs to be and that's on the shoulders of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't need to be trying to carry things on this earth. We need to know, though, there are challenges, but that's just par for the course. That's just the way it is. There are challenges in this life, but we have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the ability to overcome. So don't, we don't want to cast away our confidence. It says, do not cast away your confidence. Well, that means you have a choice. Don't cast away your confidence. If you can cast it away, you can hold on to it. And it's up to who? It's up to us. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be a big burden and a pressure on us. It just means that there is a choice we can choose to keep our confidence in God, our trust, our faith in God. Don't cast it away. Don't cast it aside. Hebrews 10.23, just a few verses back, says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, of our expectation, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. He who promised is faithful. We sang about it this morning. He who promised is faithful. God is faithful. He's a faithful God. He never, ever fails to keep his word. Ever. 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 Think about this. There are like, you know, there's around 8 billion people on the face of the earth. God is not going to break his word for you. How many people have lived on this earth since creation? He is faithful and he is not going to let you down. I think sometimes we get too big in our mind, like somehow what, God's not going to come through or He's not going to keep His word in our situation. Are you kidding me? I was thinking about it the other day. There's, there are 8 billion people on the face of the earth, and this planet is small. So you have all these people on this planet, and then in the universe, this little tiny planet... And God upholds the whole thing. You are one person walking on this earth and God's word to you is not going to be broken. The whole universe depends on his word. And sometimes we get it like, well, is he going to come through? And when you, you zoom out and you realize, wait a minute. I mean, we are important. We are so important that God sent His Son to die for us. So we are very, very important. But let's not make it so that somehow God's Word is going to fail us 
That is making us too important. He's not going to fail you. Are you kidding me? He, he, you are not going to be the person that he fails. That's not going to happen. God's so much bigger. If he was faithful over and over in his word, he will be faithful to you. Amen. Amen. He is faithful. He is, doesn't play favorites. So whatever he said in his word, if you'll trust him, he's going to come through. So don't cast away your confidence. Ephesians 6.13. Let's go ahead and turn there. We'll read a few scriptures around there. Now let's just go back to verse 10. We'll read, I was going to read 13 first and then go. We'll read verse 10. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's what I wanted to read first. Having done all to stand. When the Bible says, do not cast away your confidence, that implies Something's been going on, and it was for the Hebrew Christians. They were getting pressure to actually, they were, when, when, when it was, well, we don't know the writer of Hebrew, Hebrews, but likely it could have been the Apostle Paul. But whenever the writer of Hebrews is saying that to the, these Hebrew Christians, or I mean these, these Christians in the book of Hebrews, they are actually getting pressure to cast away their belief in Jesus. Well, that's faith. But there is pressure that's coming to bear and pushing for them to cast away and to back away from faith, back away from belief. And here, Ephesians 6, 30, 13, it says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? Stand. To stand. To stay steady. That's not casting away your confidence. That is staying firm with confidence. Not unfounded confidence. Not confidence in something, you know, some fairy tale that somebody made up. We're talking about confidence in the almighty God of the universe that cannot fail. And to stand, stand what? Stand in the face of circumstance. Stand in the face of pressure. Stand in the face of trial. Stand in the face of tribulation. Stand in the face of financial issues. Stand in the face of health issues. Stand in the face of relationship issues. Whatever it is. To stand firmly 
on his word with a confident trust and not succumb to the pressure and let go of our confidence. Let go of our faith in him to stand. To stand right in the, in the midst of uh, pressure and not move. Casting away our confidence would say, enough. That would be backing away. That would be giving up our faith. But God himself, through his word, has said, don't do it. Don't cast away your confidence. Having done all to stand. Verse 10 says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's a lot different than you just buckling down and saying, I'm going to do it. That will only get you so far. We're not talking about moral muscle. We're not talking about you're doubling down and you're going to do it. We're saying you, in the strength of God through you, can do it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in your power. See, confident trust in what? You? No. Confident trust in him and his ability to help you. It does take faith, but it's faith in a, a faithful God, an almighty God. In other words, there's a difference between you thinking, and this is a, a fine line that we can, we can fall, uh, we can get trapped into starting to believe it's just our willpower. And when we talk about confident trust that I am going to do this, I am going to grit my teeth. And push through. No, there is, there is a standing and there is a will, but the will is to trust him and not cast away your confidence in him and believe that he can help you to stand. That you will be strong in him and the power of his might. That's where your trust is. And not to let go of that. Now, if you start looking at you, if you start looking at you, you'd be tempted to fail because you know you, right? And I know me. And sometimes if you look at you, or I look at me, you say, well, forget it. The game's over. <laughs> Especially, you know, if you've had a challenging day. Notice it said that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Can you put up 613 again? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Thank God it doesn't say the evil year. <laughs> evil decade. But it says in the evil day. And I mean, that's a period of time. I know that. But withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. But yeah, you may have had a day. And that day, uh, that's when you get the thoughts, you're never going to make it. 
How many times have you dealt with this thing? You're never going to get to the other side. But the devil's a liar. And that's why the Bible says, don't cast away, don't cast it away, don't let go of your confidence. And that's when you need to do it the most, is when there's a push for you to let it go. No, we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Verse 11, can you go back to verse 11? Ephesians 6, 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There is a devil. Okay, can we just establish that? Because, you know, some people act like there's not a devil. Now, I'm talking about Christians. To listen to some people talk, and I'm not making fun of people, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, we need to know the truth. The Bible talks about Satan and the devil. We don't exalt him. We need to know he exists. If you act like he doesn't exist, that is paradise for him. Because he doesn't exist. Imagine if there was a thief trying to break into your house and you didn't believe he existed. So you're not going to do anything to keep him out because he doesn't exist. Well, that's a heyday for him. And so much of the world doesn't believe in a devil because we're too educated for that. No, actually, we're stupid at that point. We don't understand the realities of the world we're in. We don't understand the basics. You don't understand you have an enemy? You're going to act like he doesn't exist? Well, good luck. He's going to knock you every which way. And, well, there's no devil. I don't know why this is. Well, I mean, come on. We don't glorify him. But know he exists and now know what to do. We're not going to exalt the devil. The devil is a defeated foe. He is defeated. Now, he doesn't want you to know he's defeated. He wants you to think he's big, bad devil. Well, we know about him, but he's not big and bad. But he will try to convince you of that and try to push you to, con to cast away your confidence. But there is, look what it says. It says, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, we live in a fallen world. Not everything's the devil. But it, everything evil, anything bad, is influenced by the enemy somewhere in time. Because what we're living in now is not the Garden of Eden. Anybody figure that out? This is not paradise. So anything you see that's evil or bad, it's the influence of the curse and it's the influence of Satan. And we're dealing with it here. We're in this world, but we're citizens of heaven. But we're here, so we need to know what do we do to deal with this junk here and come out shining. So there is... An enemy. It says that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemings of the enemy. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against people. See, it's tempting to make people your problem. You say, well, they are my problem. I'll, let me tell you about it. <laughs> Only indirectly. 
yeah people yield to the devil they yield to their flesh and that's the way the devil has an inroads yield their minds to certain things that's how the devil has an inroads we have all kinds of junk that is available 24 7 you name it people make it available and people get it's it's tempting because it's so pervasive to be influenced to, to expose ourselves to to whatever I mean you just flip on any number of websites and just seeing what's being reported in different areas or what's being uh, pushed or um, marketed or etc it's influencing our minds and influencing our flesh you know have you have an ad pop up for a restaurant or a dessert well you have a reaction yeah. That looks good. I'm going to go get some of that. Well, that's the point. Huh? <laughs> that's, that's, what's, that's working. How much was that again? Woo, let's go. Now that's marketing. That's influencing your flesh. But just like that, there are any kinds of things that will influence your body or your mind in a bad way and open you up to the, the working of the devil pushing you and it's already in a lot of that stuff it's already in the influence just by you entertaining something there is already an evil influence on it trying to get your mind trying to get your flesh to react a certain way well we give place to exactly what we're talking about here so people yield to this all the time so when you deal with people and you're like they're my problem you know, if they were yielding to God, they wouldn't be your problem. It's what they're yielding to. When I'm saying yield, I mean let go. Let, let, you know, we all have pressure in our minds to say something and do something. You either pre press it down if it's not right, or you can let it fly. Well, what does yield mean? Let it fly. Let it go. It's like, you know, we all know what it means uh, when you see a yield sign on the highway you know like if you're on an on-ramp and there's two different uh roads coming together to, to merge on the one on-ramp one of them will have a yield sign what does that mean if you have the yield sign let the other guy go but if neither person is yielding you're gonna have a wreck but if you say if you if yours is yield that means let the other one go well a lot of people they don't understand they're just yielding to evil they see something online and they just that's the way it's done and so what they don't realize is the influence behind what has manufactured the, the, that content is evil so then they're parroting it they're echoing it at work or in the home or whatever it's the echo of something that was actually generated demonically from Satan but he doesn't have to go around and poke everybody because you know you get some video that's shared three million times and it's got bad content in it it's just happening automatically well then people will copy it so then there is a force behind the evil you see in this world that is what we're dealing with it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we don't wrestle with people 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. There are, there is a spiritual realm behind what we see with our, our natural eyes. And we need to understand that is what we're really dealing with. Don't ever make people your problem. Don't make them trying to fix the person because they are ultimately not the source of the problem. People yield to the wrong thing and people do have flesh. And that, yes, they, but if they were yielding to the right thing, there would be no problem. Praying for individuals makes it easier for them to yield to the right thing. You can't control people, and to try to control people through your prayers is not right. It's witchcraft. To try to say, make them do something, because everybody has a free will, but you can pray for them, and that influence can make it easier for them to decide to do the right thing. So you're not overtaking their will, but you can make it easier for them to make the right decision. That's why it's so important to pray for people. But verse 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Turn over to Acts 4.23, please. Acts 4.23. It says, And being let go, they went to their own companions. Talking about Peter and John. They, the back story to this, which we won't take time to read, they saw a man get healed. And... Uh, you know, silver and gold, have I none, such as I have given to you. This guy's healed. Well, this guy has been crippled for a long time. The religious leaders didn't like it, and they pulled him in, and they threatened him, and they got let go. And it said, verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own companions, or the, the King James says, their own company. I like that, their own company. And reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them, so when they, because they, they threatened him and said, don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Don't do it. And so they're reporting this to their company, to those other believers. Verse 24, when they heard that, when everybody heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And they go ahead and they pray to God and they say, God, help us to speak the word with boldness, and at the end of that time, the building shook. But what I want to focus on here is it says when they were let go, they were under pressure. They were told by the religious leaders, don't use the name of Jesus. You stop doing what you're doing. Shut up. They were threatened. 
They were under pressure. And they went to their own companions or their own company and told them about it. It is so important that we have our own group of people that have a like mind and like precious faith and believe the word and are, we are able to come together with them and be encouraged. It is so important in this world to have people. That's what the church is. We're the church. But, you know, we live in this day and age where people can watch content online. That is not the same as being together with people and having them in proximity with you and you drawing strength from them. Because you are next to them. They can encourage you spiritually. They bring something spiritually. The Spirit of God dwells in each believer. And so when you are feeling pushed and pressed, the place you need to be is with other believers. You need to have a connection with other believers. You need to be able to draw strength from other believers. When you're tempted to cast away your confidence, it's a surefire sign. You need the word in you. You need to have faith put in you. You need to be around people that believe and are able to encourage you. And we need to be around what we believe. It's not just believers. We all are part of a, a certain part of the body of Christ. We all have a family. Just like you have a natural family. And we, there are truths that we believe, that we believe the Word teaches, like what we were just talking about. There is a spiritual realm. Well, you realize not all companies, I'm not knocking anybody here, guys, but you have to understand, you need to be around people that believe and know the truth of the Word that you've seen for your faith to be stirred up and helped. Because even if you're around believers, if, if they despise or don't believe, don't hold the same truths that you do, it's actually going to take out of you. And that's the last thing you need when you're in a fight. Thank God for the body of Christ and all the different parts and people are doing different things. But we live in a pressure-filled world. When you get together with people, you need, with Christians, with fellow believers, you need to have something deposited in you, and you need to bring something. Ultimately, when we come together, ideally, we're all bringing something, and we're all built up, and we're bringing and able to help others. That's ideally. But you know what? Everybody at different times, uh, and there's different people that may be going through different things, there's a time where they need to draw strength from others. I remember Brother or Pastor Mrs. Hagen, um, when the, it was the Sunday after Brother Hagen passed away. And we were down at Ramah at that time. And they came, they came to service. And somebody else was, was preaching that day. And they said it from the pulpit. They said... Yeah, I mean, people were saying they were surprised to see you here. He said, this is our family. And, he, and they said, this is a time we need to draw strength from you. 
Everybody at times needs to draw strength from others. We need one another. We need the strength that comes from being with our company. We need to be reminded of who God is and what He's doing and that He's faithful and that He's good and that He has your back. We need to hear that because the world won't tell you that. The world will tell you there's nobody out for you and you better look out for yourself and try to get you into doing a bunch of stuff naturally. Well, we don't deal with all natural. And that truth, we need to hear it. We need to know it. We need to know that there is a good God and that there is an enemy just to know about and deal with. But we need to know God is on our side and how to go forth. These are not side issues. These are fundamental to navigating this world as a Christian. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to decide where to go here. Let's go to Exodus real quick. Just we'll put it up on the screen. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So you can imagine, this really happened. This is not a fable. Now Moses is going up, and they're, they're fighting. The Israelites are fighting. They're in a battle. And as long as Moses holds up his hands, the Israelites win. But when he lets his hands down, they start to lose. Moses, the leader of God, or leader of the people, ordained by God. And so he's getting tired. So these individuals, Aaron and Hur, come over, sit him down on a stone, and they start pushing up his hands holding them up, and as long as then his hands were held up, the Israelites are winning. This is real. And Moses needed the help. This is just a picture of us helping each other. Now, we have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of us. We live in a different Time, Jesus has come, the Holy Spirit is on the earth, we have the Spirit of God if we're Christians, 
and born again. We have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. If we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have the Spirit upon us and power on us in a different flow. But they, you still need to draw strength from other people. It is good to be around people that are of like precious faith. And there are times it's okay to be leaning on other people. We draw our strength from God. But people can be conduits of God's strength. And remind you of what, yes, you've heard. Don't get the attitude when somebody is trying to help you. I mean, don't get the attitude that, well, I know that. Hey, we've all heard certain things. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing for somebody else to encourage you. It's not a bad thing to need to hear the Word of God. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you're walking through some things. It's okay to be encouraged. It's okay. We all need it. That's why we're together. Otherwise, we could just all be a little church unto ourselves and walking around and it's just us and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and we walk around all separate. But God ordained us gathering together. Because we need it. And we're stronger with it. And we're way, way, way more effective when we're together and working as a team and drawing from the strength in each person and drawing from the gifts in each person than when we're just alone. And in this day and age, many Christians have gotten the, the idea that it's okay for them to be at home watching a message. Thank God we have access to messages. We gave you a link so you could go back and listen to messages last week. It's not the same as being here. It's not the same. We cannot be isolated and be as strong as we should be. We need the Word of God. We need to be infused with the Spirit of God. We need to be around believers that will point us to God. You know, because in the workplace so many times... You are just around people that are not looking to God. They don't believe God. They blaspheme God's name. They are looking at life purely from natural lenses all the time. You deal with that day in and day out. You need to be around somebody that's going to look up and be pointing you to God. They may not say anything. They're not preaching at you, but just going up and shaking their hand and say, saying, how you doing? And just their presence and the fact that you know they believe in a God. They believe in the God Almighty and that they believe that Jesus is the Christ. And they believe that the Holy Spirit is present in them. Just you shaking their hand reminds you that God is on the throne. And you may, they may just tell you something that God did in their life. And that just encourages you that God's going to be faithful to me. We know he's faithful. It re-encourages us again that, yes, he is. Yes, he's faithful. I'm not going through this alone. I'm not the only one dealing with something. God is God. And you can leave refreshed. And you can leave ready to go. Ready to go another round. Now, you not, it's not saying you're going to drag in here every week, just every week, oh my God, I can't, 
I just cannot even stand. Oh, I'm ready to go. No, but there may be times like that. And there may be a lot of other times where you're the one just shaking the hand. And you're the one that you're looking to God. But somebody else needs to hear what you have to say. I'm not saying you have to preach to somebody. Just you talking. Just your presence. And the fact that you are a believer. And the fact that you have a smile on your face is a witness to the fact there's a God. Amen. We need each other. We need to know and be reminded of what he's doing. Galatians 6, 8 through 9. Just go ahead, we'll put it up on the screen. It said, let us, Galatians 6, 8 says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Well, why would he tell anybody that? Why would he ever tell you do not grow weary? Because you might be tempted to grow weary. For in due season we shall reap if we what? If we do not lose heart. So is it possible to grow weary? Is it possible to lose heart? Is it possible to cast away your confidence? Yeah. Yeah, it is. We need to understand that and we need to understand some things that we can do to avoid being somebody that falls into these categories. Isaiah 40, 29. We'll close with this. And then I'm going to... believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Pray for some people. Isaiah 40, verse 29. It said, He, God, gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall, utter, uh, uh, the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's, walk, let's go through that again. Verse 29. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no might... He increases strength. God does this. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Is it easy for you to, to put that in the New Living Translation? Otherwise, I can look it up and just read it. Just wait a sec. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. 
They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. God is a God of strength. God is a God of more than enough. God, His resources and His wells, they never run dry. He has strength. He has strength. He has strength. And He has more strength. And He will strengthen you. He is a God of all power, of all might. He knows what it's like to walk in your shoes. Maybe he wore sandals, but he knows what it's like. He came and he knows he was tempted in a body like ours. He knows what men are made of. And that's why Jesus came. And he knows that there are pressures. Jesus said that there would be pressures, but he said, I've overcome this world. And he said that he would give strength to us, give power to those who are weak. He said he would renew our strength. He said we would find new strength as we look to him. Praise God. There is new strength. As you're walking out of here this morning, you can be infused with new strength. And I believe you already are being strengthened right now. Just being here, you're already being strengthened. Praise God.